2 Timothy 3.16, let's continue. It says, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God, it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect and totally furnished unto all good works. So we said all scriptures, that is the agiosgraphy, that is when we say the scriptures, we are meaning the written document of the scriptures is um, profitable. When it says Agios Grafe, Holy Scripture is on the word Agios Grafe, and it means just like sacred set of writings, the separate ones that have been separated for us and say, okay, this is for us, and they are, they are given to us for, for, <clears throat> for doctrine, that is, we can study it, we can teach from it, and they are given to us for, inspira- uh, for reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. And we'll be looking at the following word. So, and the scriptures will be our basic theasis. We, but we've, it seems like we've, now look at something that we've done in this series. We've contacted some historical materials. But what did we use the historical materials as? As evidence and a backup material. Not the proof. The scripture was still our basics. Are you seeing what we did? We didn't use those materials as hook, line, and sinker, but as a corroboration of what is already in with the scriptures, especially with Genesis 6. And we said all the mythological things you hear today, they have their sources from Genesis 6. Right? Okay. So we are looking at, um, so we said the cause of the corruption and the violence of the world. And we said, um, He said, go back to that Genesis 6. Let's go back to Genesis 6. I'm sure you look at Genesis 6. Hey! Genesis 6. Where are thou? I actually have. I'm skeptical of calling this. um, I I think I want to call it the rebellion uh, instead of falling world. And so that I can do rebellion of Genesis 6, rebellion of Genesis 11. Rebellion of Genesis, so we can take all the rebellions in Scripture, just like I wanted, just like I want to do a series later on, maybe next year. Did God do it? That we will take on certain aspects and say, Did God do it? So I'm thinking of taking the the perspective of scriptures that way. So we can, you see, like it seems like we are focused more on Genesis six in this series. So maybe in the next series we we'll do Genesis eleven. We we'll look at that two Baba issue, the rebellion of Joseph. About that. So we can change the title and say the rebellion. Or oh, falling world, bracket rebellion in rebellion of Genesis six. Uh, I think that would be good. Then we can do another falling world rebellion of Genesis eleven. Um, so I want to take it like that, so that way we can. You see, you see how we are tracing things now to Genesis six. Every events around the world, things that are we tracing. I want us to also do that in Genesis 11, pick on certain aspects around the world, trace it again to Genesis 11, pick Genesis 3. It's also another rebellion. Trace it. But that Genesis 3, I think I want to do more in, do that one more in incarnation series. But I do I've not decided yet. They will pick up those rebellions in Genesis. Because like I always tell you, Genesis is the foundation. Genesis is the root source. If you understand Genesis, you understand a whole lot. So you see, you see that. If you understand Genesis 6 now, you would have understood what, what's going on in the world. Are you going to understand? Yeah. 
Okay, so go back to that Genesis 6. It says, um, let's see from verse um, 3. It says, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man, for he is also flesh, and yet his days shall be an hundred and one twenty years. So interestingly, um, this was God saying this, and he says, is, is, Now the question will not be, is God announcing that the lifespan of man will be one twenty years? Or is he prophesying that, okay, the people would live just 120 years or was it, was it prophesying something specific regarding the coming judgment? So one thing you must see is that when God saw that the, the evil and the everything was out of control, he said the spirit will not destroy with man. That means it will, put, it will not put up with the rebellion of humanity or the rebellion that is happening forever. And he will set a reminder, I'm, this is not where I'm ending this. I'm not finishing it in this five. I, I want to add more. So this 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 rebellion of Genesis is, is continues. Are you getting me? Like, oh, yeah. I will just stop here today in this track, but ah the, because when you want to when you want to teach you go thorough. Uh, I don't feel like I'm thorough enough because I, I didn't prepare as much as I should. <laughs> I didn't prepare as much as I should. Uh, it's, it's it's actually paining me, ah. I didn't prepare as much as I should. This just came like an emergency <laughs> teaching. So I want to continue this. So, so I I would actually, I ah, don't know. Because I just remember something I need to share. As I was talking about this, I just said, ah, this is going to take me a while. <laughs> and and it's just uh, so, but no, so. I'm actually not tired. I actually can. It's the only thing is I can just go and come back. I'm actually the only the only thing is I can just go and come back and and just you just take a break, go come back and just you know continue. I'm I'm actually very cool. I I it just feel like I'm starting the first session now. <laughs> I I feel like it's grace anyway. Uh, so 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 that one twenty years, like I said, God saw out of control what was happening on earth, and God set a timer and was giving mankind one twenty years to repent and make things right. Right about tomorrow, others we should continue this. I want to just finish this. They started on Monday. Let's just finish Genesis yeah. 6. Yes, sir. Right? Yes, sir. Oh, okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, so, at the end of those 120 years, it simply means the judgment will come. So, what was the 120 years? It was like a 120 years warning. Like, hey, bro, guys, something is about to happen. The rain. So, he said that God is actually very merciful. God is long suffering. He told them, ah, he's like telling them, and so Noah kept prophesying, telling them, guys, 120 years from now, so they were wondering, what are you saying? You shot his shit, man. We, we, we ain't seen any rain yet. It's something that they've not seen, they've not experienced before. Don't forget, no rain has fallen before Genesis 6. This is the first time it is happening. And the first time it happened, it came as a destruction. 
So somebody will say it's rain a good thing. That's another question we have to ask. So we say rain when it's falling it means abundance of good things. Yeah, well, we, we, it's good to, to be that good. But the first time it came, it came as a destruction. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? The first time we saw rain in scripture to fall, it fell as destruction. So is rain really a good thing? Some people say when rain is falling, it means the good the abundance of well, it makes sleep sweet, Asha. Is that what? I mean, it grew for plant and crop, but there was any way God wanted it to happen now, through the... So... But, well... So, it is, so we said um, the primary cause for what... So, when man begins to multiply the face of the earth, the daughters of men, the source of God, the source that they were fear, I would say that for Madam's genealogy, Genesis 5, that um, it predates the preferred era. We looked at that. And so when you see that striving with men, it's a prophecy, like saying something is going to happen in 120 years. It's not saying that God will shorten the lifespan of man. I'm going to explain this properly, even yet in this series, um, but maybe not today. And um, so we, we said. Um, So we said, so when he says, my spirit shall not only serve a man for his flesh. So that word man is the word Adam. And it simply refers to all mankind, humanity. And um, so humanity has welcomed an open hand of angels and apparently creatures. And uh, now, so this episode too, now look at something now. Humanity has welcomed the Lukonas angels and they descended into the mist and in their eyes, those winged creatures appeared to be gods. And why were they depicted as winged creatures? That's what the Near Eastern cultures believed that they are. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's where all these myths of angels as wings, all of those things came from. But do they really do? We'll look at that in years to come. So, um, the activities of those mutinous angels or other things like saying is, is like um, corrupted the heads, I will say it, and so it's like saying, ah, brethren, there's a warning. So it's like God then prophesied in my man's days, and it was, it was not as if God was prophesying that man's days was be 120 years and men will die 120 years. I think I've even thought this years ago. No, that's not what he said. He was just like saying, hey guys, I'm giving you 120 years to straighten this mess up. Hey, get these things right. Hey, 120 years from now, a flood will come, wipe up. So get saved. Get let's see how we can deal with this. You know. So God was extending His mercy. That's what we call long God's long suffering. At this point, and so it's like basically making them to understand that. Um, so the extension of that 120 years window was an opportunity for God to display His kindness, His forbearance with mankind, and at the end of those 120 years, it's not as if God's patience ended. If when the rains are falling, if people believe they will be saved at that point, are you getting what I'm saying? I've always told you that when it says it's safe to the uttermost, it means that even when the rain was sinking, it shows even when the flood was coming and it's sinking, and they now say, Oh wow, now I believe God will still have saved them. He's not a God that wants to utterly want to destroy like that. And don't forget, I told you it's just a cause and effect thing, it's not God destroying. 
Are you getting what I'm saying? Not just so. The Jezebel narrative will come up in this place again. But I will just quote it, but we will not look at it now. We'll look at it because uh, I, I don't. I'm not. Go to the Revelations. Um, Revelations 2, 20-22, I will only quote it, like I said, but just to put it down, just something to get you thinking for future, that we'll look at in future, not now. So you're not going to, don't, don't ask me questions about it. You know. <laughs> Revelations 2, the reason why I said it is also, so that we are just quite thorough. I'm trying not to leave any, one of the things I'm trying to do is not to leave any stone untouched. Look at it in Revelation 2.20. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou hast suffered that woman, Jezebel, which called herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit fornications and eat things sacrificed unto idols. Now, this, this, all this seducing, all those things, and that says, and I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. It's just basic. It's that says, behold, I will cast her into the bed that committed her, except they repent of their deeds. But it's just, don't forget, this is a letter to a church in this. Um, in this revelation, and it's just basically saying, um, repent of your ways and straighten your ways. So it's just basically the same thing that was happening in the days of straighten your ways. Oh, these are the things that will happen to you if you don't straighten your ways. Are you getting what I'm saying, guys? One twenty years between one now and the next one twenty years. Uh, some people will now say, can can people predict the signs of when the end of Jesus will come? Yeah. I won't, I'm not trying to be very asserting, but those things are not far-fetched. Some people can predict it. It's, it can be predictable. They say, okay, Jesus can come at so-so-so here. He actually can be. Just like they, they knew that one twenty years from now, the judgment will come. But now, don't go and be listening to other people that say 2000 or something. As a believer, one thing we are assured of is that in our spirit, we will know. Are you getting what I'm saying? But those things can. When Jesus will come at the right time, there will be there will be like things that will make us know that okay, this is the time is coming. Those things will not be, and it will be a warning to those who are unbelievers, just just so that you can straighten up. And don't forget, the earth will have been filled with His glory already at that time. But it just be for those who are kind of roaming about, see, about going or burning. <laughs> You know, just, you know, so those things, those are not far-fetched from, so, uh, so the question will now be how many life, how many years of life did God promise us? There was nothing, there was nothing like that. The closest is in Psalm 91, where it says, with long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. Go to Psalm 91, look at it in Psalm 91. So was there ever a promise of a long, longevity or something? There was never a promise like that now. Are you getting what I'm saying? Where it says, so was there a cost short of a life? No. Go to Psalm 91. Or maybe Psalm 9. Let's start. Maybe we should start from Psalm 90, verse 10 first. Then we'll proceed into Psalm. Look at Psalm 19, verse 10. The days of our years are three hundred score and ten. And if by reason of thy strength they be four scores, and um, or three scores and years and ten, and what's causing their strength and their sorrows are so cut away. I don't believe that. Uh, uh, we need to recognize who he's speaking to and who he said this to. This is David. <laughs> Moses is the one that... And, well, this one actually in Psalm 90 is the prayer of Moses, the man of God. So this is a psalm of Moses that David adopted into this point. Look, Because if you check your Bibles, you will see prayer of Moses, the man of God. So, I mean, so when it says, at most, they be four score. What's four score? Four times twenty? Uh, Eighty. Eighty? Uh -huh. 
first court. First court is what? 20, right? First court. It now says, the days of your years shall be three score and ten. So three score is also which one? Okay, that's yeah, 70 plus, yeah, plus, plus 180. No, 70. Plus um, 80 plus 70 is how much? No, and Moses did not live up to 150. Are you seeing it? Uh, yeah. So you must understand who we were talking to. And because the son was reading to the children of Israel who rebelled against God and lost their privilege of entering the promised land. And he's, he's like, they cannot do it. But in Psalm 91, you see where it says in uh, uh, verse 16, with long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. So, you have the promise of long life. <laughs> so, instead of you saying, ah, God has reduced the age of man to 120, God has reduced, you know that you can speak, you can use your words and confess and believe in your heart that, okay, God, has, God does not want me to die. Are you getting what I'm saying? God does not want me to die. God wants me to to live long as much as I can. So we, we've seen, we said the cause of, we said the cause of evil, and, the cause of evil on the head, according to Genesis, and the reason for those wickedness, and is because of the falling um, states of those things. And we said, God's what was God's response to what was happening? Um, we, we said, God wants to start again, right? You, the best way to do it is to start again. It's we start the earth again, and um, the result of the falling angels and uh, they became giants. So there was something different about Noah. All the millions of people living on the earth proud to Noah. You know, it's just like all of us now in Rochester. Everybody wiped. Just imagine what Noah will be seeing starting again. Noah too, we have to start again, like. Everybody that, all my friends, all my people, all my neighbors, everybody, whew, I have to start again. <laughs> Are you seeing it again? So, that's why you see in verse, in Genesis 6, go back to Genesis 6, verse 9. It says, this is the generation of Noah, and Noah was a just and perfect man in his generation, and Noah walked with God, and Noah began three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and... Uh, you see that most people read this, they, they, they just feel like that word perfect is in the Hebrew word is the word tanim. It means complete, whole, undefined, without blemish. And um, so when it says Noah was perfect in his generation, it simply means his genes or DNA were untainted. Are you getting what I'm saying? With any of those fallen beings. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's perfect in his generation. No, nobody corrupted their generation. <laughs> no, no. So that's why I've been corrupted this generation yet. <laughs> so, so that means when it says, look at it too. When it says, and these generations of Noah were just and a perfect generation. It shows this Noah's generation, no, no supernatural being has touched them. They not slept with anybody. Are you getting what I'm? Is it making sense to you how you read read that part? Okay. So. So remember, so that means that all those mutinous angels did not intermingle with any of their family member. <laughs> so they don't, they, there's no monster in their lineage yet, in Noah's lineage yet. <laughs> so remember, so are you seeing 
close closer study to that. Uh, so God God so God has given mankind one twenty years to repent. We said, and during that space of time, Noah was a preacher of righteousness. You read in Second Peter two five where it says Noah was a preacher of righteousness. He was preaching, and Noah was preaching and making them. Uh, Noah was preaching and the intermingling between. So what will Noah's sermon be? That something like the intermingling with these things are wrong. Don't do it. Don't forget it's human beings that were giving it to it. So can we now to this world tell people not to yield to homosexuality? Uh, because more, that's what Noah was preaching to them. Because they saw these creatures like, wow, mm, I want them to sleep with me, Joe. Are you getting what I'm saying? So they were the ones yielding to it because they will not, they, it's, they, it's not coercion. One thing about human, one thing about the race of human or that God has created is free will. It's just like what happened with Sodom and Gomorrah. It's Sodom people that said we want them to come and sleep with us. Remember? Yeah, you get what I'm saying? So, 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 what, so what, will, what will the righteousness that Noah will be preaching? Hey, brethren, ha! Don't do this thing, so. This is that you will shut up. They're shouting shit. They'll put Noah on YouTube, fake preacher. Are you getting what I'm saying? Uh, 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 so Noah was preaching the Damlingling and, so, and the defamation and continued producing giant, telling them, see, corruption and violence have permeated our head. Can't you see what's happening in our world? Just like what we are saying today. See that it is the same thing. Just like what we are saying today, Bridget, see what's happening. The only way to solve it is be born again. Are you seeing it? Be born again. Don't allow these things. The devil is running. So you see, it's the same Samuel. <laughs> it's the same Samuel. We are just stealing their script. <laughs> It's a problem. You hear what I'm saying? So, corruption and violence permeated the heads and all of those things. And um, So, again, all flesh has corrupted its way. Like I said, in that place where it says, all flesh in verse, um, um, verse 12, where it says, all for all flesh corrupted its way upon the head. When it says, oh, it shows the willingness of mankind, right? And that was thrown open to spiritual doors to permeate and the fallen angels infiltrated into the air. That is, they allowed those things. So the celestial beings that depended from evil, they were perceived as gods and they were worshipped and they worshipped these fallen beings. So it's understood that. Now look at something I want to do. It's understood that as at the time that the fallen angels began to bring all these kind of advanced technologies to the people of the earth, which may very, which may very well the source of unexplainable structure. That's why you still see some unexplainable structures today. Some scientists still cannot explain. It's just like the Great Pyramid of Giza. It's estimated to be 2.3 million large blocks located in Egypt. People can't still explain. The scientists say, okay, but the advanced things are. <laughs> it's no supernatural means. So those fallen angels, they, br they brought in all kind of advanced technologies to the people of the earth. They say, oh yeah, and what was the essence of those things? Is it to destroy people, John? The Giga of Refmin, of Refamin, we need the Sacco of Giants, a, a, a gigantic monuments consecrated Sacco in the gold in the Golan Heights in Israel. You see all those things there. You see the Stone Age. A, a huge circle of the primary upright stones weighing up to 50 tons located in England, different places around the world. You see the dormans, meaning stone table. It has, it thousands exist in areas in Highland, South America, and Israel. You see the Baalbek stones, Baalbek stones, 
six native, six massive megatic blocks, each weighing over 750 to 1650 one, tons, located in Lebanon. So, you see all those things, the supernatural beings that seem to be involved, all those unexplainable structures that we have in our world, that seem like science don't know how this, how were they able to build this. They just know that uh, these things are Kojojulaso. <laughs> it's not ordinary eye. Yeah, that's the meaning of Kojojulaso. It's not ordinary eye. So, <laughs> it's not ordinary eye. <laughs> so, uh, we, we, and like I told you that the book of Enoch confirms the Genesis 6 story and we've seen the, the, the stories of men, right, across the world, the histories of men that have confirmed the Genesis 6 story for us. We see First Enoch 6 verse 1 to 2, we see First Enoch 7 1 to 2, we see First Enoch 9 9, it says that the whole earth was filled with blood and wickedness and um, they taught them all of those things and um, so... God told Noah to build the. Um, let's also see another issue of Noah's Ark. Then maybe we'll call it a night today. Um, you, are you on the, are you are you enjoying this? Uh, so let's just. Huh? It's cool. The, the, we'll, we'll, we'll kick up and uh, tomorrow. Please give me some three four hours tomorrow. Would. We'll, We'll just finish it properly. Does that make sense? Uh, because I want to cap it well and know I satisfy myself. Uh, uh, like this, so that anybody that want to come and pick this series can know that they can't fault it. That's that, because it's not beyond. It's like I said, teachings like this are not for you guys alone. Uh, I'm teaching, a, a, especially especially the fact that we're in the United States, and oh boy, you've got to be very thorough. One thing I'm learning in, in explaining the scripture of being in the United States is you've got to be very thorough. People's minds are open to a lot. It's just like all these things that I not pronounce well. Somebody now will listen to this and say, Pastor, you missed the pronunciation. I know. It's not my word now. I'm not a monster. So you guys want me to you guys want me to know how to pronounce it very well. Neither am I a giant. I don't look like a giant. That's what I'm saying. At least as I look at my size now. I'm not a mutinous being. Oh, I'm not talking like brethren. I talk like a normal human. Uh, I talk like how Christ talked on the earth. When Christ talked, you're not going, Hallelujah. They will have run away. Who will capture that one? Who will capture him to kill him? <laughs> so we, we said that uh, uh, they also taught men the art of warfare, how to operate in occultic practice. So how to do witchcraft, wizardry, all those things, <laughs> sorcery, indeed. So you see, so you're wondering, wow, why things happen the way they do in the earth. You know, I said I wanted to teach that in last month. I find, and you guys actually, you guys actually really kind of this guys. So, but what you see, we are we are centered around just Genesis six. So we'll take up another study, the falling world, Genesis 3, uh, Genesis 11, and we'll look at the rebellions again that happened. So, 
let's look at um, so so we said Noah and the ark and the worldwide flood so is it a worldwide flood a flood mm, some people believe it's a worldwide flood I don't seem to agree with it yet I mean that is a worldwide flood I mean quite a number of theologians will tell you it's a worldwide flood I, but I don't seem to agree with it that is a worldwide flood a timeline of historians who confirm the existence of Noah Ark. So, to tell you that that Noah Ark story really exists. Um, 275 BC, Berosius, in the history of Babylonian, he recorded that the pilgrim went into the mountain of Armenia and carved amulets from the petrified pitch that covered the Ark. First century AD, Nicholas of Damascus, Nicolaus of Damascus, referred to the rims of Noah's Ark. 50 AD, Flavius Josephus referred to the news remains of Noah's Ark three times. 3115 to 403 AD, Epimanius reported the new remains of Noah's Ark on the mountains of Ararat. John Christomus, Christos, hmm, Christos Tom, 349 to 407. Let me just spell the Christosome because I might not know how to pronounce it, just so that you can get it in your pronouncer. John and C-H-R-Y-S-O-S-T-O-M. It refers to the remains of Noah's Ark. 4th century AD, Fastures of Byzantium. B-Y-Z-A-N-T-I-U-M, Byzantium. Reported the experience of a bishop who traveled to see the remains of Noah's Ark. 5060 to 630s. 5060 to 636 AD, Isodrel of Seville, that's called S-E-V-I-L-L-E, Seville, right? Seville, to the rims of Noah's Ark. You see in hell, Maxine of Bag Bagda. um, Baghdad. 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 620 AD, reported the Roman Emperor Hercules visited the rooms of Romans. Uh, Remains of um, remains of Noah's Ark, Aition one two five four A.D. referred to the resting place of Noah's Ark, one sixty four A.D. seven Adam Olerios refers to reported Armenia partial stories having seen the petrified Noah's Ark, one eighty twenty A.D. explorer of Claudius James Rich wrote of those who have seen the remains of Roman's Ark, one sixteen. To 1916 to 1917 AD, Caesar, C.S. C.Z.A.R. Nicholas Romavio of two sent an expedition, 115 men, to the area near the Iranian border in the Ararat mountain range of, to document Noah's Ark. So there's a always a detailed view. You see some historical sources too, Berosius. In the detailed view, it says the vessel contained stranded in Amaria. This is in 275 BC, that part of it yet remained of the Corosia. You know, these ones were walled before, so probably there's no remains again, but at least some people said they saw some remains, you know. And the people scrapped off the bitumen and the outwardly coated use of the make amulets that guard some poisonous Flavius Josephus. In 1993 to 94 AD, now all the writers of the barbarian histories make mention of this flood and the ark, among whom the Belurius of Shaldia, for when there was a describing of the circumstances of the flood, it all said it is, said, it is said there is still some part of the ship in Armenia 
at the mountain of Koedia, and some people carry off pieces of the bitume, which they take away and use chiefly as amulets and averting of mischief. Julania Africanus, 170 AD, it says, When the water abated and the axe settled on the mountain of Araras, Julianus said it was still visible in his time. 200 AD, Abidinus, in Armenia, the ships supplied the people of the country with wooden amulets and antidotes to poison. 3rd century AD, Hippolytus of Rome, he says, This Noah, inasmuch as he was a most religious and God-loving man, alone with his wife and children and three of this escape of the flood that ensued, and he hold the preservation of the ark and the dimension and the relics of the ark, as we have explained and shown to this mountain called Ararat. Epipanius in 375 AD, even to this day, the remnant of the ark are still shown in the region. This is quite a number of time. 8th century AD, Philophius of Edessa, then Aquilus turned back and encamped at a village, and the hack stopped during the flood at that time at Noah, and he climbed at the mountain and examined the location of the hack. 1686 AD, Sir John Shadin, authors of Josephus, Brufius, and Nicholas of Damascus, assures that the remainders of the hack were to be seen and that the people took pitch. Which, we, which was bizarre. The Slick Road, the famous Asian Slick Road, was very close to the site of the Noah's Ark in the lower mountain of Ararat. And the historians tell us that because it was so accessible, travelers of the Asian Slick Road would veer around the road to go down the mountain to see it. So, the Ark really existed because if you look at it in Genesis 6, um, it says that. Noah built it. He gave us the description of how he built it. it says, make a hack of a gopher wood, rooms that were making hack, and pitch in verse 14, within and without the pitch in verse 15. It says, and this is the fashion which thou shalt make it, the length of the cubit, and all of those, the window shall be. There was descriptions, and it says, the side of it, which is in verse 16, it says, the lower, second, and third story, thou shalt make it. So that shows that Noah built a hack. And this story exists almost. Uh, when I was studying something across Bible study, histology, and all of those things, I found out that this Noah's Ark story exists in major parts of history. So the question will now be, who is the, which, who is the, who is the perfect person? Because it seems like they seem to be, they seem to be hack. But I mean. Isn't it remarkable? But, but Noah's home was very specific to the Bible and because of the location. Because it says the hack rested, you look at him. Now, but history has made it, research says it is not in that place that it is resting and. Um, look at in Genesis 8. It says, when, And God remembered Noah and every living thing that is in the cartoon. I was with him in the hack, and God made the wind to pass away the earth, and the water as sweet, and fortress also in the deep, and the windows of heaven stopped, and the rains from the heaven were restrained, and the waters returned from the earth continually, and after the end of 150 days, waters abated. So it took 150 days for the waters to rest, the kind of flood that abated. And the hack rested on the seventh month, and in the seventh day, and in the seventeenth day of the month upon the mountains of Ararat. 
Now, I'm coming to this. Uh, it says, The waters decrease continually upon the tenth month, and the tenth month, and the third day of the month, and on top of the mountain seems. Sin. Now, so you you can you can take this one and say the seven days, uh, the seven months is uh, July. You say it's on the July and the seventeenth of July that you know because that's you are not using the same calendar with them. Are you getting what I'm saying? I I, I actually have a research or a, a material that sh that does this comparison of calendar for me. Ah, should I really wish I that? Okay, maybe tomorrow that that I could tell you. The the we we could look at we can compare it to the Gregorian calendar and say okay when they say the seventeen month this is the probable month in the Gregorian calendar that it could have happened uh, we'll do that later that'll be not not today so say whatever you want to do you will go Bible study me I told you I want to go the longer I'm very curious. To, all this is I'm telling you is because of curiosity <laughs> and study and research. Are you getting what I'm saying? That you're able to to be able to, and you have to be very detailed when you are talking about these things. So you have to know what you are saying. I wish I knew I was going to do this today. I would have, oh boy. Uh, well, tomorrow, to, to where tomorrow. Uh, because I, there's so many things on my head. I'm just thinking, oh, I've not said it. Uh, tomorrow, sure. We'll, we'll put a cap to them. And so you can see that over even 2,300 years after the existence of Noah, the lower mountains of Ararat, and people still confirm that um, the ark is true. But again, Noah's ark did not rest in the modern day Ararat. In the today's world of Ararat, that's not where it is. That's not where it rested. It's it will never have survived that place because the Mount Ararat consists of two major volcanoes. So the ark didn't land there. So it came to rest. So that means it is still resting on the lower mountain of Ararat and the ship-shaped formation has been studied and examined for many years. And the remains of Noah's ark ground penetrating into the... There's something they call the Ealtis scan that geologists will understand. And he verified the length and it's approximately what was revealed in scripture that is in that place. But it, the mountains of that Ararat today, in the present day Turkey, that's not where it is. That's not where it rested. It's around the area and, um, and it, the remains of the hack and um, it included, in fact, that, that led me to study some things of the Urato Kingdom where it's believed to be that um, the, the book of Jem, the Garden of Eden was. So it seemed like the the hack went to that area and rested in that area. It's called the Mount of Judy, and that Mount of Judy can be traced into the Oratu Kingdom. And that Oratu Kingdom is believed to be the Garden of Eden. It's like saying God took them again to the beginning to go and start again. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? It's like saying the 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 kept floating, floating, floating to go back to the original beginning. So and it's like, oh yeah, we'll start afresh. So it's like they came, it's like they left their world to a new world. Uh, do you get what I'm saying? Because the, the ark will float, right? Uh, because it's underwater and this, uh, all of those things. So, so the biblical account is not a fantasy, it's true. Um, one thing you must understand with the Bible is it's true. 
So one thing you do, so I'm, I'm actually on Novasac because I remember when we were in the UR and I was with this guy and this guy was telling us about Novasac and he was asking me if it is true or not. That's why it seems you might not, you because you have grown, you grew up reading the Bible, so you might not have problems with seeing that the hack does not exist or is it, but I'm not teaching just you. There are people that don't believe that, they don't feel like it's just a myth, Joe. It doesn't exist. So, but, um, so now, the question will now be, did the flood, these are questions we want to quickly answer before we finish, did the flood fill the entire head? Now, look at something. There are many people today that argue that the idea of a worldwide flood is a fabricated fable that it did not happen around the earth. I am part of those people that, that argue it, and I still don't believe it's a worldwide and I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be assertive, but I'm somehow trying to be assertive that it's still not a worldwide flood. If otherwise said, I will come back and tell you, okay, but I don't. But the fact is that eh, it's, it's obviously, are you getting what I'm saying? Look, some, some, so many things, some, so many things I, I, I need for a stake. Did Noah leave uh, where he was to go and preach in different parts of the world right. to preach righteousness to them? Or were several preachers preaching the same thing or that we don't know? Those are questions that, those are questions that, are, that we, so we can ask. Uh, mm, another question we ask is, um, now that this flood has wiped out so many things in the earth, uh, where are the why are the giants still remaining in the other parts of the scripture? Are you getting what I'm saying? I, so those are those are questions for me, but those are not major deals. So so one scholar estimates that there are nearly look at something now. One scholar estimates that there are nearly two thousand um, two hundred and seventy stories of flood, of which all share a varying degree of the common elements of the Bible. So, for instance, the story of Noah's Ark from the Mesopotamia, the area for which the Abrahamic religions came from, they are similar to the, they are similar to the biblical flood of Noah in Africa, in ancient Greece. So that means there was a probable flood that happened in Africa, in ancient Greece, in Australia, in the Baltic region, when I say Baltic region now, I mean the Estonia, Latvia, and Lucania, and the Basquia, the area of Turkey, and breathing. Now, we have records of the catastrophic flood in China, Egypt, Finland, India, Indonesia, and Iraq. And there are similar versions of Noah flood even in Ireland, Japan, Korea, Malaysia. And the accounts of horrific flood exist even in Mesoamerica, that is the Mayans and the Azek, and North America and the Nordic countries, that is the Norway, Sweden, Finland, Iceland, and the Philippines. Furthermore, historical records also shows that there are devastating floods also in Philonesia, Siberia, South America, Taiwan, Thailand, Vietnam, and the Welsh-speaking people. So, practically, there's a story of a flood almost all over. But does that one, so my question is, that one that happened in Noah's so was it the entire world? I still don't believe it. I don't believe it. 
Now, could there be flaws that happen at several times that wiped out certain things in several different but was it at the same time? What, did that one flood happen to the entire world at the same time? Mm -mm. But the flood happened at different occurrences in different parts of the world at several times. Yes. But did one flood happen that wiped out the entire earth? Mm, I don't believe it. I'm still yet to believe it. Let me use the word. I'm, let me lean towards. <laughs> I'm still yet to believe it. And you get to what I'm saying? At least for now. I'm using the word at least for now. Look at the kind of position. Don't another guy say, it's not, that's not what I said in this series. So I said, I'm saying I'm still yet to believe it. And I'm leaning to that position at least for now. So this is where the epic of the Gilgamesh will come into play. Because out of all the known biblical stories, so say, what is the epic of Gilgamesh? In fact, I've actually known this thing, this epic of Gilgamesh. But I forgot about it. It was two weeks ago. Me and my friend were talking. And he, he said, he said, he said what's the episode of Gilgamesh? And I said, ah. He said, you should have known him now. And I said, ah, I don't know it. Tell me again. So, it was when he asked me the video. I said, oh, episode of Gilgamesh. Okay. He said, this, this, this are, he said, you should have known him now. That These are normal things. So, this will not lead us to the episode Because out of all known extra-biblical accounts of Noah's Ark, the flood, there was one very important one. And it was known as the Epish of the Gigamesh one. And the Babylonian version was originally found in the Cunimoth table. It was known, it was originally in that Cuniform C-U-N-E-I, Cuniform tablets. So it's like where they wrote, like all this Enoch, all those things, all those people wrote, and they preserved their their things. Cuniform, Cuniform, I remember I've heard those Cuniform tablets before, okay. It does, it does means you watch films and you do, you took anthropology classes. Well, what does, um, uh, eh? <laughs> geography classes? Okay, coming from labels. So that means the Babylonian version was originally found in the communal tablet and the ancient ruins of Nineveh, of which one time the capital of the Assyrian, Assyrian Empire. So it tells the story of a great deluge, a great flood that eats the head and the old sheep with a multiple deck that was constructing, constructed to keep the sampling of all animal species. So, in the ancient tale of Nineveh, we read that the storm arriving with torrent rains and producing the flood, flattening the land, and additionally it says that a dove, a swallow, and a finally a raven was released that did not return. Moreover, the epic of Gigamesh, when I say epic of Gigamesh, G Gigamesh um, described how the waters receded the inhabitants of the sheep that made the sacrificial offerings. And it was interesting to see the vivid accounts of the flood of the scripture that identified with biblical accounts. So, did, did there well, is there a well known flood across the world? Uh, I still don't believe it, at least yet. Maybe I can come back in series two now and tell you. It really existed, but at least for now, I'm leaning towards that. It's because okay, if everything happened across all the world, that was some things preserved. So does that mean the only book that was preserved was just those ones? It doesn't make sense to me yet. Some things, some things don't tally yet on those things. But some people believe it's a global flood. I mean, almost it's a, 
almost 95% um, of people believe it is a global flood. But uh, I would see it as a global flood that happened different times, not at the same time. Are you getting what I'm saying? The flood really happened that flushed things away from the earth. Yes. But was it the same time? Uh, I will lean towards... I will lead towards not, not the same time. I will say the flood happened, but different times in the earth. So we said they were Nephilims, right? And, um, and all of those things. And Noah built the ark. And you would see what's... You, uh, so another, another thing to check in that Genesis 6. Go there again. We're just trying to put some little caps, but we'll cap it properly tomorrow but we're just for the sake of today i mean this is the sixth session five session okay five session okay this is the fifth session today so we're just trying to at least put a cap somewhere so that we can know that okay we, we did not go confused today so you see it says make the hack of gopa that gopa would the term gopa would seems to be an unidentified wood that's probably specifically made or specially made by noah and it's similar to the laminated wood, and especially to, especially made to be water red plants and water tights. I mean, it should be what the a kind of wood that can absorb water properly. And God specified those things. I mean, that's how to follow instructions. God told him the kind of instructions to, to follow. And I mean, so it's just like what God told Noah in verse twenty of all the fowls of the things he can eat. And you shall know this means that God selected the animals to be on the ark because I mean the water has been perverted already with several kinds of pollution, polluted be calling them and calling it and Noah um, obeyed. And you see, those are instructions. God can give you specific instructions. I don't dispute the fact that God can give a man specific instructions. Follow this, take this left, take right. I mean, the, the same thing happened to Paul. Uh, Ostasos, uh, go to the city called Street. They ask Ostasos. You see those leprit specific instructions that are in scriptures that men ought to follow. So those things are real that God can actually tell somebody the kind of um, hack to build. Uh, you get what I'm saying? I mean, they did a replica of it in Kentucky. Um, only that Kentucky's, I don't know, if, probably that's how it looks like. I mean, they built a hack in Kentucky and they call it Noah's Ark, a replica. They said they followed exactly what the scripture wrote and the beauty. So, when I entered this, I was wondering, wow, was this that beautiful? Was this that big? I thought it was a very small thing, but when I entered the hack of that thing, Noah in Kentucky that they built, and they said it was a replica, and they said they followed the exact description of what is in the Bible. And that place was really big. You should, if you want to go there, you can take a trip there. It will really open your mind. And uh, we, I think we went there in 2018. 2018. And um, we, we, and when I saw it, when I saw the inside, I was so surprised that can the inside be this big and this wide? You know. So some people will argue what is the length of it. There's a length, there's a breadth, there's a height, and um, it was about 115 feet. 515 feet long and 85 feet wide and 50 feet high inside the ark and God instructed Noah to make rooms in Genesis 6 verse 14 and the entire structure consists of lower, second and third story. 
So I remember in in that arc, in the one they built in Tetoki, you could go upstairs, you can come downstairs, there was like a basement, there was everything inside the arc, and I was like, whoa, bro, what kind of technology, what kind of advancement they know how to do this? And it's, oh boy, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's inspiring. I, I don't do a lot of tourist things, but that Noah's acting was, was because I needed to go. Uh, so it was a church excursion as at that time, and I needed to go. I was like, oh wow, this is massive, boy. But um, that gave me a perspective. In fact, that's one of the things that started making me study a lot about Noah's acting. The very day I entered there, that was in 2018. That's how many years now? Uh, Five years now. So that, that's his, it was from that day or from the time we started discussing we want to go and visit Noah's I wonder. That's what that's what supported my that's what inspired what I'm teaching today that first made me start opening my mind into okay, what's this Noah's Ark all about? What's this um, thing all about? So the location, like I said, um, we've studied uh, we said the wood, right? We've said um, we said the Noah, uh, the generations of Noah simply means that um, the, that they were perfect. Simply means they were not adulterated with anything. And um, Noah was five hundred years when he and his when he had his boys. And the first hundred years of his life, uh, that was when God was waiting patiently for man to return back to to normal. And um, Noah and his family would need to eat in order to survive. So God told them to take unto them food that is eaten and gather unto them. Uh, that's Genesis 26, 21. And Noah fully obeyed, you know. Just obey God. Follow his instructions. You know, those things are key. And we said the, the ark location... If you go to the lower mountains of Ararat today, specifically the smaller mountain called Judy, you will discover that the boat-shaped formation embedded in the head fits the biblical dimension of a T, approximately that one five feet, one five five no one one five not one five five one five feet long. It contains multiple rooms or compartments and all of those things. So, the ark rested and upon the mounts of Ararat and. Um, Ararat is a mountain region that contains several square miles, and um, the mountain is called Ararat today. Uh, it's a straw volcano, and it may not have even existed as at that time. So, contrary to what people think, uh, contrary to what many scholars know, Noah's Ark was not just a big rectangular boss, but it was exactly shaped like the shape of the ancient world. Okay, so... Um, There are so many other things that I don't think is necessary for your study. Um, because there are also some something they call Drogo stones. You can probably see that in the process of research also, Drogo stones. And um, those things seem to have, um, it's like, um, Drogo stone is a wood piece of rock that towards the hair with hole carved out of its top. And um, they resemble, um, it's like an ancient, this is an like Altidivlion or Ancor of the ancient world. And um, 
It's like saying Noah could have probably experienced worse weather and conditions, so he needed to use stones to hold the parchments of so many things in the to stabilize it through the stormy weather season. So, um, So Noah no longer needed um, extra. So the, the truth, so those stones, they found it in the remains of that place and they could trace it back to that world and say, okay, um, this will probably be the things he used to hold um, the, the, um, the hack. So the hack was real, right? The hack was real. And... Um, Interestingly, the renowned Sikh road that we read says that um, around the borders of Iran, and um, it was quite customary for people to ship up a pitch of bitumen around it, and they believed they kept it away from evil. And um, now, in the last four hundred and three, in the last four thousand three hundred years, the ark has slid down the mountain into one thousand two hundred feet, and uh, the ark resting place is. Is not necessarily is not in that present day um, something. So another question we ask is what age? At what age did Noah enter the ark? Right. Um, Noah was six hundred years old when he and his family entered the ark, and um, he reigned forty days and forty nights, and the flood increased and dominated the earth for one fifty days. So even the highest mountains was covered and everything on the earth was annihilated with that flood. So when the world flood ended, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat on a small mountain named Judy near the city of Mesha. And um, just that one is just for your personal study near the city of Mesha. You see that in Genesis 7-6 where it says Noah was... Um, Noah was Noah and his sons went into the sons in the ark. Where it says Noah was six hundred years old when the flood of the waters was upon the earth. So we knew from Genesis five thirty and thirty two that Noah was seven hundred years when he was become the father of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And um, Noah began to build the ark, work on it for about a hundred years. So and he pre and he was preaching righteousness. You see that in Second Peter two verse five. Wanted the people to repent from the impending judgment that was coming for on them. And it says the windows of heaven open. When it says windows of heaven open, it was just a phrase that people use. And um, you see that thing repeated also in Malachi 3 verse 10 that it will pour out, say, bring it the tithe in the storehouse and in the windows of heaven. You know? It symbolically means that a spiritual portal where abundance comes from. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you say windows of heaven open. So when somebody is already praying for you and say the windows of heaven open for you, it's just like saying the portals of the spiritual, so the supernatural. Mm. So Noah and his family and the animals entered the hack on the same day. And um rain goes on and on. Mm. The flood dominated the entire head. How long did the flood water last? We said 150 days. Cover the earth. When it says God remembered Noah, those are things we'll study later, not now. And we said, where did the ark land? We said it didn't, ha it didn't land on um, 
that major Mount Ararat, because that Mount Ararat of um, today's world is um, didn't even exist at that time in that place. It was a strong volcano area and, and um, was a little Ararat, and we, like I told you, the entire region was named. So the, the the land, the ark landed near the cradle of creation, just like saying that literal rat and it's believed that God brought them back. And um, that Mount Judy and the city of Mesha is in today's world. Um, interestingly, that Judy simply means the place of landing. That's what that Judy means. The Mount Judy is just the means of landing. So there's more to history and all of those things. And, um, and the name Mesha simply carries the idea of deliverance, just like Mesha, drawn from water, water, you know. And uh, I think you'll find that place in our today's world, Turkey, Iran, all of those places. And, um, uh, So let's see, when they left the hack, what happened? I think this is where we went today. Praise God. <laughs> so when they, when, we, when they left the hack, what happened? Um, You know, God told Lower exactly when to leave the ark and when to exit the ark. And um, when we take a detailed start of the flood, the flood is started in Genesis 7:11, and um, it and the end of the flood was in Genesis 8:14. It started Genesis 7:11 and it ended Genesis 8:14, second month of the seventh. The second month on the seventh and the twentieth day of the month, the head dried. And God spoke to Noah, say, Go forth of the ark and their wives and their sons and their wives, and bring forth every living creation and all of those things. You see that the repetition of Genesis 1 was now back again. I mean, see, see. So I see that God was starting again. Yes, sir. I was going to say, God was starting again. Then look at it, verse 9. You say, God bless Noah, Genesis 9, verse 1. God bless Noah and he said to his son, Be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. Can that be Genesis again? Genesis 1? Starting again. Uh, and the fear of you, is it? And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and all those things. And um, so it's into the hands they are delivered. And, uh, so you see that all these things have a context of the supernatural world narration. And um, when we start looking at the Genesis 11 thing, then you would you will now see why the Genesis 12 Abraham's narration was very key. That Abraham's narration in Genesis 12, why it came in play. When we look at the rebellion there. So when God says, bring forth there, he was basically saying, bring everything. Uh. So, 
So another question we ask ourselves is, where the giants, where, where the giants after the flood are? <laughs> Let me show you more. Let me show you. Put this down just because I know that you are lazy to check it now. Where the giants after the flood? Um, you see in um, Amos 2, 9, Amos 2, 9, 10, Numbers 13, 32 to 33, Deuteronomy 1, 28, Deuteronomy 2, 10 to 11, Deuteronomy 2, 20, 21, Deuteronomy, 1, Deuteronomy 9, 1 to 2, Joshua 11, 22, Joshua 14, 12, Joshua 18, 16, Genesis 14, 5, Genesis 15, 9 to 21, 19 to 21, Deuteronomy 3, 11, Joshua 4, 12, Joshua 13, 12, Joshua 15, 8, Joshua 17, 15, Joshua 18, 16, 2 Samuel 21, 18 to 20. Ah, so there was... <laughs> so, there was... There was... There was uh... So there was... There was two giants again. The devil never stops. One thing you must always know is the devil never stops. Just like God is trying again, the devil too also wants to try his best to keep getting you. So that's why when the Bible says he delivers somebody, he will come back again. And, and if he sees that the room is empty, he will take what? Seven more wicked spirits. Are you seeing it? Ah, he wants to try himself again. Uh, <laughs> So we said, so you see in Genesis 8.21, after the, after the flood, it says, in Genesis 8.20, Noah built an altar unto the Lord and took every clean beast and every clean flower and other bone sacrifices of the altar. That's cultural. Are you seeing it? And the Lord smelt a sweet savor and the Lord said in his heart, I will not cause the ground again. That's, God did not say that. We'll look at that properly. Are you getting what I'm saying? God has never caused the ground. I've never done that. So we'll look at that properly more. So just as, uh, maybe tomorrow we'll look at it. So just as there were giants in the days of Noah in the flood, the Bible documents that giants existed after the flood. The Old Testament is filled with numerous tribes of the giants, including the Anakims, the Rephimims, the Emims, the Zamuzims, and God walked through the Israelites and others to destroy the second infection. So that's what are those things that those are the things that bettered the world. So they, they were not fighting, they were not just killing human beings. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you see all those things, you see battle of these, all those things, it's not just a battle, they were just going. You think uh, you think Christians would just want to just um, I mean, not let me say use the word Christians now because they were not your Christians at that time. But do you think that uh, people who believed in God or who worshipped God then would want to kill fellow man? Uh, no, this was small supernatural context world. So, in fact, some notable history, some notable historians said about the giants um, after the fall that. Um, So the Old Testament documents a second wave of giants that existed the earth after the flood. 
the Anakims were known to be a renowned race of the giant. I think I explained that in in New Testament Mystery of Angels that the children of Anakims, they are, that their race are just <laughs> they are tribes of giants. So it seemed like of all the giants mentioned in the world, one of the major reported ones were the Anakims. And um, the giants were descendants of Anak, the son of a man called Haba in Joshua 15 verse 13. And he's a descendant of Canaan from the son of Ham, who was the son of Noah. We'll look at that later. Abba was one of the greatest men in Anarchy. He was more powerful. I intentionally said this so that your mind will start thinking. So that the, the journey, journey, the work has just begun. <laughs> so it seemed like the Anarchy group of giants had left a such powerful impression. And so the, the question for me would now be if, it, if the flood was really general, uh, so how would they start again? Are you getting what I'm saying? So the, the, the children of Anak story didn't make me feel like the flood will be global because, uh, so where would they come from? Again, now you get what I'm saying. It shows that they permeated the entire earth somewhere in different parts of the world, come back again. Now you get what I'm saying. So, but the floods will happen in another place, but the, the, the Anak was still in some other place. The judges, are you get what I'm saying? So you see also, that's why you see in Deuteronomy 1.28, Deuteronomy 2.10.11, Deuteronomy 2.20, Deuteronomy 9, where the children, he, say, he says, a great tall and children of Anak, who thou knowest, and thou head and say, who can stand the children of Anak? And um, Moses was speaking to the nature and recounted that the giants have faced leaving them Egypt, and he mentioned that the Anak, Six times, and he recounted them that they are they were great in size, strength, and number, and the Lord defeated them through Israel. So you see, why was Israel used to do? Because he needed to defeat them. And, um, were they also in the Promised Land? Oh yeah, <laughs> they were in the Promised Land. You see, also in um, in in Joshua. As they were approaching the valley of the tribe of the Benjamin, the valley of the great giant, the tribe of the Benjamin, to an area known the the great valley of the giants. In fact, even the bride of the champ, the, 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 those people that they call the Benjamites, oh, they were another giants. So the border came down in the months of the and the sons of the Ammon, the valley of the giants in the north. You see this in Joshua eighteen sixteen. Giant was the word reframe, which in the section of the. Um, Also, of all this theme, you, if you do a careful study of the Old Testament properly, um, if you do a careful study of the Old Testament properly, when you start seeing those, um, when you start seeing those, um, give me a second. Oh, thank you, Lord. So if you do a good study of the Old Testament, when you start seeing, um, when you start seeing that the names of the people and the groups of the nations of Israel disposed from the land, you discover that numerous tribes, you will discover that numerous tribes of the giants of all which came through Canaan, the son of Am, 
that is the grandson of Noah. So it's like saying they came again from even Noah's generation. You see the Kenzazites, the Canaanites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Jigazites, Jebusites, the Fatites, Amoris, Emims, Zamus. <laughs> Zamumis. So several of these giant tribe of the giants mentioned in Genesis 14-15 were major battles that took place in the time of Abraham. So Abraham too also fought battles. I thought I think I hinted I, I this in the course of the course that Abraham too was also a missionary guy who went from one place to another preaching the gospel and he also fought battles with this. So it has always been a supernatural conquest. They fought battles. So when it says they were leaving their city to one place, fighting, killing people in those lands, it's those people they were dealing with. She don't know. So it has always been. So you see that all those super uh, hero movies where you see that one person is dealing with them, one person suddenly has one power against them. It's supernatural. And you notice that one thing is helping those, that person to, to also defeat them. Have you ever observed? It's always supernatural. It's always supernatural. That's why you see that also in Genesis 14 verse 5 that Abraham and his three eighteen strange warriors from his household conquered the Shadrachians and the king that rooted all the giants. Genesis 14. Oh. When we come also into Genesis 15, we see that the land that appeared to Abraham in division and was promised and given to him by the land of the Canaan from the river line Egypt and all of those things, God specified that the land of, that. This was the land of the Canaanites and the Kesizites and the Camusites and the Esesites and all of those things. And all the inhabitants were giants. So it's like saying the promised land that God gave them, that those places were filled with giant boys, their own. So you have to subdue it. So this is to tell you that every opposition, in your journey to victory, you always find oppositions. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Even if I, even inside, don't you think even inside the promised land you won't find a, a opposition? In addition to, to you read Deuteronomy 2, 10 to 12, you see all of those things there. Deuteronomy 2, 19 to 20, 21, that you see that God was accomplishing his purpose through the children of Israel and the children of Israel. He also walked through the Amorites and descended of Lot to exterminate the Zamuzite giants. And God told Moses as he was leading the Israelites. So you see that what Moses too was dealing with was also these things. It was interesting that God was protective of the Ammonites and would not allow the Israel to go up in them in battle and all of those things. You see OG, you see OG king of Bashan was also the king of the giants. Just like the Anakim stood out, you also see the king of the Bashan where it says, you see that in the Deuteronomy uh, 3 verse 2. You see that also in Joshua 12 5, the OG king of Bashan. And... Um, Try to define the region and all of those. There were giants everywhere. So the Hebrew, there were giants. So there were giants everywhere. You also see Goliath. In fact, don't let me don't let me stretch it. Maybe I'll say this off camera, off, off record. And the Bible says. Um, and it came to pass. So when you see, so you also see second second Samuel 21, 18 to 20. They went up to a battle to a gob of the Philistine. That's why they that's why David said, Who is that all circumcised Philistine? Hey, ah, who is this one? <laughs> they went up to the battle. And you see the way they describe Goliath, one of the guy, and and um, 
one of the names of, was Shaft, the second was Goliath's brother, and the third was unnamed Jat or Sistos and all of those things. And you see them. So they all existed, and the infestations of the giants occurred during the days of Noah was so wicked that God had to deal with that. And um, you see, Peter, James, Hebrew, and Jude, what did they talk about the fallen angels? They said they are already, but you know one thing about them, the fallen angels is their habitation is already known. We know what where they are going. We know that they have been judged, they've sinned, and um, God has reserved them into everlasting chains. And we, one thing you must always understand is that um, they will always we have authority over them and as believers we can't be scared of all of these things so you see that as we progress more in bible study um <laughs> you must be able to you can't you can't run away from the text of the scriptures i many of you have seen that that you can't run away from the text of the scriptures you have to approach them one of the things that i said to my bible study life is that my pastor told us my pastor is pastor christian just for emphasis sake is that um, you, you can't run away from a Bible text, even if it doesn't seem understanding. You approach it with light, and you'll be able to find out good answers. So you get to what I'm saying? And that way, you'll be able to see that, okay, this is what the Bible is saying. But you see that there are giants everywhere, and you see that the walls of the Scriptures were not natural, but they were supernatural. So that's still in our world today, such that what we are fighting, when Paul says the weapons of our warfare are not canal, or they are mighty to us all go, he says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Are you now seeing the real flesh and blood that it is that we are talking about? But against So when he's talking about principalities and power, who, who, which picture will you have in your mind? Those giants. I used to get one you wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities and power, against might, dominion. And that is you guard yourself. You see the kind of description he now told us to do. Like you are going for a war and a battle. Put on your breastplate of truth, righteousness, all of those things. But in answer, praying always with all prayers and supplication in the spirit. So you just keep praying and um, we have the authority as believers. Amen. Blessed. Amen. All right.